live. So welcome to Curl Talk. This is Julia and Kyle Daniel Thomas on April 15th, I think. I guess that's pretty accurate. <laughs> I think that's what today is, but I could be wrong. Yes, it's totally the 15th. It's the 15th? Okay. Yes. So, welcome back. We are on episode three, and today, as always, we're talking about sexuality and identity and coming out. And so, Kyle, if you want to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your sexuality, what you identify as, and um, pronouns, anything that someone would need to know. Yeah, basically. So, where do I even begin with this? So, 22 years old, born and raised in West Philly, and I pretty much... Kind of, ident- I mean, I pretty much identify as queer. That's like the easiest thing that basically get, you could like come across and whatever. But if you want to like go into specifics, I would pretty much say right now, I would say that I'm bisexual, which is kind of like, I'll say, inclusive of non binary genders. And I would also state that um, the questioning pansexual. Mm. I frequently say that I would totally fuck Brendan Urie, but is that valid at all? I, I still, I'm going to still stick with my answer and say that it's still valid because he has a, a penis, right? True. <laughs> Cisgender male and whatever. I mean, we all have like that one, but still I... I the fact that it's coming up in this sexuality conversation <laughs> makes me think that <laughs> I think it's valid. <laughs> yeah. So cool. And Kyle is also a temple student like Ooh. me. Go temple. Yeah, that's like the our prescribed answer. Like we have to be like, yeah, temple. Or, or we're not like we don't we're not there. even like hype about it. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't lit. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not lit, then it's not lit enough. Oh. Wait a minute, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I approached Kyle because we were in a class together, and I wanted to know more about who he was and his story, and um, just, like, dive into, like, how you have understood your identity today and I'm asking super broad vague questions I mean that's totally okay yeah yes so when did you come out I would say it would be sometime last year when I when I dated my most recent partner who I pretty much just like recently broke up with I mean, it was, like, on good terms or whatever, but, yeah, it was, like, when I started dating my most recent partner, I mean, it was, like, two months into the relationship, and I basically, I was getting asked by my mom about, like, who I was, like, seeing or whatever, because I had, like, mentioned them on various occasions, so I figured it was, like, one day, I was like, um, 
probably going to tell her that I'm bi or whatever, and I'm going to explain to her about, like, the gender spectrum. You know how, like, a lot of individuals just perceive gender as just, like, a binary, and you must strictly fit fit within it. Like, you basically have two genders, male and female. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel most of the Western world thinks. However, <clears throat> the spectrum says that gender isn't really restricted to just, like, male and female. Mm-hmm. It's more of, like, Let's say you pretty much have gender on a line, and the binary genders are at each end. Of course, there's pretty much, I mean, not sure if that really strictly works or whatever, since there's stuff as bi-gender and such. But I think the easiest way to kind of like understand, understand the spectrum is to have, like, a line and the binary genders are at the end. And then where does the individual fall upon that line mm-hmm. when it comes to gender? It's, I'll say it's like a lot of stuff to really go into. Yeah. I thought that was, in- that was an interesting kind of visualization that I had in my head when you said with binary at the end because would that mean that like 90% of the line was alternate like something other than the two binaries yes I would technically say or maybe like there's a good amount like in between like I would say around 90% of the binary gender or whatever but I pretty much feel that the binary genders are pretty much at the end of, like, this line. Mm. And there's a whole world other than that. So. Yes, there's, like, the other genders, like, demigender or agender mm. is somewhere kind of, like, in between. Mm. That's really, really refreshing to hear because I think sometimes when... Even in the queer community, when we talk about gender, we still talk about it using the binary. Mm. And I, I think that it's important to acknowledge that, like, everything else besides the two binaries is just as, like, it's just as relevant and it exists, which is super interesting to hear. So, you started, you came out when you were 22, you said? or 21. 21, okay. And um, did you feel like you were coming out because you had a partner? Or do you think that it was more something that you just sort of, like, started? I mean, everything for me kind of, like, came as progression. It's like I basically started finding out more about who I was when I started talking to more people. I'd say it pretty much started around 2015. I 
still identified as like a straight, heterosexual, cisgender male. Mm. And I'm not sure if I was like in a really dark place at the time or I just was in the beginning of like finding myself. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was planning on like seeing like one individual and then I found out that they really had a partner. So that basically kind of like shifted the perspective for me in a lot of ways. I start, started to like talk to more people. I started to join, join dating sites and such. Mm-hmm. But that pretty much all came when I got my first phone. And I pretty much started taking selfies like crazy. <laughs> as you should. As anyone should with a new phone. Um, and I mean, that was like my first smartphone ever. I don't even use it anymore. It's like, it's, it's got like cracks and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, so you were talking about how dating sort of shifted for you after you came out? Do you Not like after I came out. I would say as I was like talking to more individuals. Mm-hmm. And I started like working within like the activist community. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that pretty much changed who I was as a or maybe it steered me more towards like a direction that I never really thought I would go. Mm-hmm. Did it sort of the things that you learned when you began dating um, in an inclusive way, were you surprised sometimes? Did you feel like, like, I know the feeling that you sort of said the feeling of being surprised in yourself, but did you have experiences that sort of like, I don't know, like you really didn't expect? I'm not necessarily sure where to even go with that. Because... <laughs> dating in Philadelphia can be a lot (laughs) I know (laughs) and I I completely understand because I had a period of time where I was on a lot of dating apps and I honestly like (laughs) I could never really expect what was coming I never really like expected anything while I was on these apps. I mean, I never really got a lot of responses, and I felt I was miserable the whole time. But, I'd say a lot of things shifted when I started to see people, and a lot of people kind of went towards like being queer and such. Mm-hmm. And so I basically am, like, going on these new experiences each and every time. So, I'd say everything, to me, has been new. 
good. That's really refreshing too. So, um, do you feel like being in college has empowered you to come out and that the environment change is sort of prompted um, more security in your identity and your ability to express that? I would say I just felt like confident about who I was becoming mm -hmm. since I never really knew that I was queer until like 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. I kind of like still like restrain myself within like the binary and everything. I mean, Where do I even go when I'm like, talking about all this stuff? Cause I know for some people they probably knew they was like queer for like some time, but they was like afraid of maybe coming out. Mm -hmm. I'd say for me, I was just like comfortable with it, and I just eased in. I'm like, oh, um, I'm bi, so I'm just gonna like say that. I'm by sometime soon or whatever. Cause I basically just like updated on the dating apps frequently when there's something. But it pretty much took me about like six months to just say, hey, I'm by on Facebook. Mm. But I wasn't really necessarily nervous about it. Because I'm pretty sure people would like find out in time. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting... People finding out in time is sort of an interesting concept that I've been thinking about too because a lot of people, a lot of queer people will sort of make the excuse in their head of like, um, eventually someone's gonna find out. Well, I'm not saying it's an excuse, but it, it's more of like a, a band-aid because we feel like, I don't know, maybe it's like in part because it's also not necessarily our responsibility to communicate our identity, mm. but that's like an, I don't know. I've been hearing a lot of stories about people coming out around like 2015, 2016. And I think that during that time, there was sort of like a shift into like an understanding of what our generation really is about. Yes. And I think that, I think that's a really good thing. And that was like a really big change for all of us, because I think that for a period of time, our generation was like very like, oppressed by the one before us like our creativity and our expression is sort of like oppressed um in a lot of ways or like minimized too like mm -hmm. our i mean our internet culture is something that we value and that's important to us and so i'm i'm glad that like this sort of turn has sort of like empowered more people to i totally agree yeah yeah, and also like now there are just a multitude of like ways to express on the internet and like in media and like 
more networks and mm -hmm. connections to to find who we are, I guess. Yeah. But I'm also interested in like the ways that you were fearful like before you started. I think for me there was no fear. Well, maybe I mean I wouldn't say fear in a general sense. I mean, I was like nervous about how my parent, my, how my mom would like react to it. But she was like, okay. I still kind of like hate the fact that they kind of like are. I mean, fine. I mean, the fact that there's like the spectrum of gender is a relatively new concept to people like in a mainstream sense. Mm. So and also like my mom is like really old in mine. So <laughs> So is my my mom is like, oh well I'm gonna put her on blast right now, but my mom is sixty one. And I'm okay. like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing. I mean it's not bad at all, honestly. But it's just good to kinda like keep it in perspective. Mm -hmm. Like the way it was kind of like green stuff and whatever, it was like a different time. I mean, baby, baby boomers for what it was, yeah. like a different generation and such. And cultures, norms, and such was somewhat different. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. It's like, honestly, I heard some stories where people's parents are honestly 100% fine like with mm. the queerness and are able to like actualize that as a part of their identity really fast but I would say that like 80% of the people that come out to their parents like from our generation still deal with the res like some antiquated responses and like traditional responses that are that are just literally not like valid anymore I mean I mean, like, my mom and auntie are pretty much kind of, like, sort of traditionalist in a sense. They pretty much still have, like, the idea that, about, like, how you dress is kind of, like, supposed to, like, reflect your gender at birth or whatever, or just, like, gender specifically or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, you know how they basically label clothes for men and women and mm -hmm. such. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much been an idea that's been, like, tossed around. And I... So really, it's like, it's like something that I've also somehow clinged to, but I'm, like, trying to, like, shed. And it's like, I don't really, like, try to, like, refer to clothes as, like, Men, for men and women or whatever, I just kind of like use the labels masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a smart way of handling it because, I mean, obviously we're obsessed with classifying things, and mm. but we still sometimes our brains are organized in a way where we need that label to understand them. And but female and male, I definitely think is problematic and. I'm glad that more brands are kind of switching to fit a more broad spectrum because 
spectrum exists, they just weren't catering to it. And now they are catering mm-hmm. to it, which is important. But I, yeah, I, I never really, honestly, I never really saw fashion as like a binary industry either because it's just like, well, it needs to not be also. But yeah. And besides, clothes look clothes and bodies are so fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> literally. It doesn't even make sense to me. Sometimes I think about a body and I'm like, this is literally a floating mass of like water and like goo. Like, yes. what's the actual fuck? And it's organized by bones, which are like pointy things. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna make a poem about. Totally. <laughs> Because, I mean, it was, like, I usually, sound, I mean, I think a few days ago, it was, like, my body kind of, like, feels like goo, but it pretty <laughs> much is. But when I'm pretty much, I'm, like, trying on, like, anything, I pretty much always kind of, like, relate to my, my torso is kind of, like, so short compared to other things. I'm, like, how do I make this, like, look longer or whatever, but then I pretty much have, like, these long-ass legs. That basically, and then like a big ass. I mean, <laughs> it's probably not even like that big or whatever, but still, it's like it pretty much makes a difference between what you can and cannot really wear. It's like the lot, I mean, the smallest I can pretty much wear is like a width of 36. That's interesting that clothes are coming up because. I've been recently seeing, I saw an ad the other day that was like, uh, that really applied to me and it was like jeans for dancers. And I was like super excited because jeans are like fucking hard to buy when you have calves like the size of a golf ball or a wiffle ball, whatever. Ooh, a golf ball, that would be really small. (laughs) A wiffle ball. (laughs) The size of... um, a grapefruit? I don't know. I literally don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> but I saw that, and I'm I'm so happy to see things like that. Not only because, like, I could wear it, but also because, like, people are thinking about other bodies. Like, why can't people open their eyes and see that there are, like, a million different kinds of bodies, and that when I go to Urban Outfitters, like, 50% of the population isn't going to fit in, like, twiggy little, <laughs> like, skinny jeans, cigarette legs, they're called, or I'm whatever. I'm sure the only thing they're really concerned about is profit, in terms of that, they could just, like, mass produce clothing that pretty much looks similar to one another. Like, yeah. no, we don't need to, like, cater to whichever's bodies it is or whatever. Yeah. We just want to make as much shit as possible, and then just sell it. Cram it out there. <laughs> Yeah, but did you, since we're talking about clothing, did you, um, what has your evolution of, like, self-expression been like? I want to know, like, Mm. how comfortable were you with your um, sexuality or gender identity when you were younger? Did you feel like um, a lot changed? I'd say a lot has changed within, like, the past few years. Even though I felt I was always comfortable with my sexuality on some level. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, I mean, before that I was like, maybe I'm like this or maybe I'm 
that, but I was mostly comfortable with who I am, or just like comfortable with like mm-hmm. refraining to some stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I totally hate how I looked like three or so, three and four years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should totally like. I mean, don't. I mean, I don't want to like, <laughs> challenge you people to be honest or whatever. But I'm saying, like, me from 2013 and 2014, it was absolutely horrendous. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I saw your post the other day of, like, your transformation Tuesday or Thursday or whatever it is. Oh, my God. Which one was it? I don't know. You were, like, really young. But I'm like, okay, he's definitely made a lot of progress. (laughs) Yes, I totally, like... I'm thinking about doing the one where they said post a photo from seven years and then four years and then now. I mean, you would totally notice like significant changes on how my style kind of like went. Yeah. I mean, for at least like three or at least like five years, I ba- basically stuck to wearing button up shirts. Mm-hmm. I usually just cycled between one or two of them. Mm. And then two became three, then four. And I used to like wear them open, and then I put wore them closed. And then I also kind of like wore super baggy jeans or whatever. Like everything was like the size XL or something. Mm-hmm. And I think that basically had like a look. I kind of, like, reflected a bit on how I kind of, like, viewed my body as well. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, um, like, environment and the people you were around had a, a big effect on you transitioning into having more confidence about yourself? I totally agree. It kind of goes back to dating, in a way, because I was trying to, like, see this one person, and then I pretty much found out that they were dating someone, but while I was, like, trying to, I was, like, talking to them and, like, building a friendship, I mean, she was, like, also in, like, a class that I had. It was, like, a different semester. It was, like, the semester after we was like in that one class and everything mm-hmm. I mean we're talking about 2015 2015 was a fucking year I keep talking <laughs> about this with my partner Tatiana is that when we met Tati? 2015? no 26 you met in 2016? I think I had just turned into 2016 but 2015 yeah. like just sort of blew my socks off. I Like, everything that happened to the world, I thought, like, would never happen, pretty much. I was, like, thinking I was going to be a closeted queer artist weirdo for the rest of my <laughs> life. And then 2015, yeah, 2015 happened. Like, I'm just reflecting on that right now because my life, like, radically fucking changed, like, after that. Because when people started being, like, real on the internet, I was, like whoa, like, people would actually tell their stories, you know what I mean? And, like, yeah. like, I don't know. 
I think identity also became like a really big buzzword in 2015. I agree. Even though I wasn't necessarily fixated on that until I started meeting like more queer people. Now I pretty much am like, I have just been like assume everyone's queer until I pretty much feel that they're straight. I don't know if it's too much time for my yes. queer organization or whatever. Oh, yes. Yes. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> Literally, it's a bunch of cis homophobic guys. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I would like to talk more on that, not like on here, but 2015 was a really significant year for me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you, so I want to talk a little bit about your internet presence and like, have you feel like producing content on the internet or even just like following people and viewing other content has helped you actualize your identity? I'll say totally assisted or even just like making content and just like going through the motions. Mm. But nonetheless, it's like just viewing content on Facebook, Instagram, all these platforms. Mm-hmm. Kind of like affirmed my, my identity rather than just like, it pretty much goes back to just meeting more people and then following their content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found something really comforting about, like, finding relatable content on the internet. Because a lot of the time, I don't know, I think back to, like, my parents being like, get off your phone or, like, don't be on there. But, like, the media that I would find or, like, I don't know, about, like, my art or, like, sexuality or identity or, like, I would see, like... I don't some like feminist music video or something and I would be like what this is real like <laughs> it like gives you hope and I feel like that's not credited enough either like there's sort of a, a communal nature to the internet even though it's really very corporate and, yeah yeah I mean like I say Facebook for example they pretty much try to cater what you see to who you kind of like really are. You'll pretty much see posts that more, that are like more oriented towards just what you do or who you communicate with. I remember a lot of my posts and I know I'm going back to 2015, but I also will add like 2014 was just like, I'll say gaming memes and Totally not, like, completely unwholesome stuff. Mm -hmm. Because you know how they basically have, okay, content warning for suicide mention. (laughs) My gosh. Here we go. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so... So It's approved. There is approval. Stamp of approval. Thank you. (laughs) You may may proceed. Okay, so you know how... I mean, I never really, like, thought, like, really of, like, attempting to kill myself or whatever, but I totally would have, like, seen some memes about, like, being in dark places or maybe, like, Mm -hmm. low-key suicidal stuff. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's hella relatable. And I mean, I've taken, like, strides to post, like, less of that stuff when last year was, like, coming to an end. Because, I mean, I was, like, posting a lot of that stuff. And I was in a completely bad place. And I feel like I constantly, like, I felt like I was like going into like these places more and more and more as the years progressed. Hmm. So, as a queer person, do you feel like overall the internet empowered you about your identity or deterred you from feeling like it's okay to be yourself? I mean, I'd say. Mixed. Mixed, <laughs> mixed is also a answer. I think it would be a mix. So whatever I could just say, absolutely it benefited. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned earlier, it could just like affirmed whatever identity I was like coming into. Hmm. But it's interesting because I feel like with suicidal or like self-loathing media on the internet, it's... Mm. The more that's out there, the more, like, negative energy or just, like, it's just, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. I don't think, I think I can understand that, like, it can be comforting because to see somebody else feeling like that, but when someone creates something like that, it's only affirming that behavior, you know? I agree. Yeah. Um, So, if I recall, I was, this is when I was, like cis-hetero and whatever, or I could just, like, say hetero since I kind of do still identify as cisgender, mm-hmm. but regardless, I was, like, heterosexual, and I was trying to kind of, like, conform at that point. Mm-hmm. I was like, what can I really do to be, like, a real... I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, what can I do to be, like, a real man or whatever? And I'm like, how, no, most of the time I was like, how can I get a girlfriend? And what, how I should, like, do it? Because I was like, I mean, it was just, (laughs) how do I even, like, put this together? That's insane because when you hear your old thought process and how radically it's changed like the other day I was like looking at a photo of me with like really long hair and I was just like what? (laughs) 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 I was just like who who did this to me like how could I be repressing my identity so much and when I hear something like that I'm like because it's so obviously not who you want to be or who 
you are, well, it is who you are in that moment. I mean, I pretty much felt like I was, like, fighting with myself. I was like, I'm like, am I supposed to try to do this? But I totally want to, like, go about it this way. And I was, like, the most conflicted, like, ever until I started meeting, like, more people that have, like, leftist politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, back then, I kind of, like, identified more as, like, a liberal. But still, it was, like, how am I supposed to kind of, like, cope with all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Am I being repressed in some way? Mm-hmm. Or am I supposed to embrace this? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't even hear about, like, feminism until, like, I think 2012 or 2013. Mm-hmm. And I, back then, had, like, conflicted feelings about that. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I... I mean, me personally, I always kind of like want to be like in the right, and I totally am like was like for like the liberation of individuals. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't exposed to a lot of I'll say ideas that wasn't that mm-hmm. was like seem radical. Mm-hmm. I think feminism has made definitely a new impact on like the socio-political landscape recently that did I think has a better connotation than it did if, like 10 years ago and mm-hmm. honestly I didn't even know a lot about feminism until like I went to college and like met people that stood up for what they believe in and I was like what the fuck like what have I been doing like <laughs> <laughs> literally but um so, I think we're going to wrap up soon, but um, I had a few more questions, and then a, yes. and then a silly question. Just Okay. <laughs> so, we were talking a lot about, um, like, environment and people playing a big role in empowering your identity. Yes. And I was, the other day, I sort of made this connection, and it, like surprised me and I was like do you I like sometimes remember like cliches or like stereotypes about experiences or things and then I like applied and I'm like people actually do still think this and Mm -hmm. so I I wrote down um the cliche of experimenting in college (laughs) and so (laughs) because I think it's a real thing it's like Especially with me, because I came out in college, and then the assumption was, like, is this a phase, or, like, is this experimental, or, like, in a way, sort of, like, minimizing or devaluing, like, the queer identity. Have you experienced that at all? I think I'm going through that at the moment. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to, like, find a footing, or what I'm, like, really interested in because mm-hmm. I mean most for the most part I've pretty much been focused on like dating women and femmes mm-hmm. and I feel that that's not even like gonna change a bit but every now and then I pretty much like 
Hey, what if I pretty much maybe hang out, date a guy or whatever? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I pretty much have like thought of maybe doing that on occasion. So I guess right now I'm like trying to experiment and see how I feel about it, but still I'm like not really, I'll say, with it. I mean, not with, I mean, with myself or whatever, mm -hmm. but I'm not really feeling, yeah. Yeah, okay, interesting. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, the other thing I was going to ask you, uh, we talked briefly about it over um, Messenger, but um, do you feel like having a disability um, gave you, hmm, <laughs> do you think that it was harder for you to externalize your identity because you already had one sort of label on you, which was that you had a disability. Yeah. So yeah, being on the autistic spectrum, I know it's like really fucking weird. But I think it's just, I just try to like embrace who I am. Mm -hmm. I think that was like the first step of like, accepting who I was and just going with the flow of things. Mm. I mean, as soon as I did that, all the rest just kind of like came and then I'm like, oh, I'm probably in this or oh, I'm probably in that. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I'm more open to discussing it. Mm -hmm. I find that so admirable that your outlook is always to like just love who you are which is like something that like I feel like everyone battles with so hard um, yeah no it's truly incredible and if you were to give advice to um, someone on the autistic spectrum who's questioning their sexuality or um, is um, decidedly queer would you, what would you say to them? Go ahead, do it. Yes. yes. <laughs> that was the best answer you could have said. <laughs> okay. So, and with that, um, I, yeah, I'll give you the space to shout out any Instagram shit. Okay. About <laughs> your new Instagram shit. So. Oh, yeah. So I recently started like a photography Instagram. It's at Kyle, as you know, K-Y-L-E and the photo log. You know, photo as in like snapping shit and long. <laughs> yeah. Like, basically blog without the B or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Kyle and the photo log. Yes. Alright. And don't forget, you can basically probably hit me up. You can DM me if you want, like, something to get, I'm like, I'm like still trying to sort out the prices, but yes. 
Yeah. Freelance photography. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. To hear more of our stuff, go to SoundCloud and search Curl Talk, or you can also find us on iTunes Podcast. Curl Talk is an independent podcast hosted by Julia Davis and run independently out of Philadelphia, PA. Curl Talk was established with the intention of creating a safe space for conversations about identity. Season 2 Voices is a narrative exploration of fear surrounding LGBTQIA identities in America. Curl Talk does not support racist, sexist, ageist, ableist, homophobic, transphobic, biphobic, xenophobic, prejudiced, or hateful comments. Special thank you to our sound editor, Carlos John Stavila, intro and outro by Jeff Kim. Thank you.